You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at The Preppy Podcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson on Instagram. everyone and welcome back to the preppy podcast i am really excited for today's episode um if you love following influencers one of my favorites to follow is sydney of summer wind i have been following her for years and i just adore her classic style uh so i am excited to share with you guys today an interview with her where we chat about how she got started blogging and some of her favorites which if you listen in um i bought the coat that she mentions is one of her favorites and bestsellers. So I think this is a really cool episode. Uh, We really hit it off and had a lot of fun chit-chatting. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. All right. So let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do. Um, My name is Sydney Carver-Snyder, and I'm a full-time content creator, blogger, influencer, um, kind of whatever you want to call me at this point. Um, And I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania um, with my husband and my dog, Henry. Aw, I love that you are a fellow Pennsylvania um, person, although on the opposite side, I'm in the (laughs) Philadelphia suburbs, but, you know, I I still love that. (laughs) Yes, and I'm a born and raised Pittsburgher, too. So I I grew up here. I went to school in Virginia, and then I came, came right back, too. I love it. That's so funny. I I did the same thing, even though I went to college here too. So I'm okay. born and raised. Um, I'm proud of it. <laughs> yes, I love it. Pennsylvania girls. <laughs> yes. So let's start at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about growing up. Like, what was little Sydney like? What were your interests? Were you, you know, creative or entrepreneurial or someone, you know, as a little kid that always loved style? Yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily say from a young age that I was entrepreneurial, but at a young age, I was definitely into fashion and style. I've always been super girly and into dressing up, and um, we had like a dress-up bin in um, in our playroom growing up, and we would always you know, put things on, my sister and I, and um, go downstairs and show our parents what we put together. And so I was into it in that sense. And then as I got older, I had notebook where I would sketch things. And I always thought like, I'm going to be a fashion designer. Um, And then as I got older, um, you know, I realized, well, fashion designers have to learn how to sew and do all these things. (laughs) And then I was kind of like, well, I don't really like to sew. Um, So that kind of squashed the fashion designer um, aspect. But I did love to sketch different outfits and and that kind of thing and pull things from magazines make mood boards and and that kind of thing but for for I guess in a sense in entrepreneurial sense I didn't want to start my own business at a young age but I did start working um I I think it was like 15 or 16 so pretty young um and it wasn't because my parents were were like nagging me to get a job or anything I was working or I was swimming at our country club um they did like a summer swim team Mm -hmm. and so I started swimming there and they had um, a program where you could get certified to be a lifeguard so I got certified and I started lifeguarding um, every summer in high school. And so I I really liked making my own money and I liked um, being able to buy all of the clothes that my parents would have said no to (laughs) otherwise. Um, And I, so I think that started um, me into the fashion kind of lifestyle. When I was in high school, I never wore sweatpants. I never dressed down. I was always like in, I always wanted like to wear a cute outfit, new outfit, that kind of thing. Um, And I think that's, I think that's what fueled me wanting to work at such a young age. 
Definitely. I feel like we would have been great friends back then because I was the same way. I think my first job, yeah, I was like 15 years old and I was a file clerk at a law firm. And it was literally because I wanted more money to spend at the mall at Abercrombie or Hollister or whatever it was back then. (laughs) Yes. And I remember like when I was little, my mom always, she always like wanted certain outfits for my sister and I, and my sister's four years younger than me. So significantly younger than me when we were, when we were kids. And I always wanted to be wearing like the cool clothes and my mom like still wanted us to match and stuff like that. So I found like a little freedom and having my own money and saying, look, mom, I can get the cool t-shirt from Abercrombie. Yeah, (laughs) that's so funny. Okay. So um, then where and what did you end up studying? You said Virginia, is that where you went? Yeah. So I went to James Madison um, University, which is in Harrisonburg, Virginia. It's kind of like a small a small town, um, and but it's a big school. Okay. And I started out in the business school my freshman year, and I was taking all of like the prerequisites, like accounting and econ- economics, and um, you know, kind of like the the entry level classes mm-hmm. to get you started in this business school. And I absolutely hated them. I I could not stand them. And then, so at this point, when I was a a freshman in college, I went into college and I was like, okay, I'm going to be working in some sort of business field. I'm probably going to work in, um, you know, marketing or something like that. And so I just went full on business and I I hated it. I absolutely hated it. So by second semester of... um, my freshman year, I went to my advisor at the time and I said, I don't think this is right for me. I don't think this is a good fit. And um, I don't know what I want to do. And so he was actually really great. And he kind of walked me through and asked the right questions to like guide me in the right direction. Um, And so I ended up thinking that public relations was the right fit for me. And that was in the communication school at JMU. Um, so I ended up switching my major, my starting my um, sophomore year. Okay. So I switched to the um, communication school. So I majored in PR and then I minored in um, writing all under the communications um, school. So I loved it. And I, I ended up, it, it was the perfect fit for me. Um, it was a little more creative and I like to write and yeah. so that was just so much more of of a, a good fit for me. I, I still have nightmares about the the econ classes. <laughs> I literally same. Um, I remember I chose communications PR based on uh, a family friend suggesting it because I am so bad at math. I hate math and um, I hate spreadsheets, like all of that, which, you know, I had an interest in fashion too. And I I do have um, a degree in fashion merchandising, but Mm -hmm. one of the things that was so hard for me, even with the fashion aspect is if you want to be a buyer, it's all spreadsheets. Um, So I I totally am in the same boot as you as, you know, I love writing, being creative. um, And so communication is, you know, a great field for someone like us. And I feel like especially you being a full-time influencer these days. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because at the time I, I, my, I didn't start my blog until the end of freshman year. And actually um, it kind of, it's kind of how my blog started is one of my advisors suggested to me and they said, you know, um, if you want to learn more about PR, I went to school at James Madison. So we were kind of right outside of the DC area. So a lot of people um, in, in that I went to school with had family and or friends that worked in, you know, political fields and, and things like that in, in political PR in the DC area. Mm-hmm. And so, um, my advisor gave me all of these blogs to read to get more of an idea of what people in public relations do. And there were some like, um, you know, industry PR blogs out at the time. And so I started to read those and I, and I did really like them, but that was like my first foray into even knowing what a blog was because before that I had, it was 2009. So I had no idea what, what that was. Yeah. And no, that's so true. We're about the same um, age. I, I think I might be just a year or two older than you, but it, it's so true. Back then, blogging was so new. And I remember, you know, not 
to talk politics or anything, but Megan McCain, she um, Mm -hmm. was one of the first people to have a blog and she kind of did this blog about what it's like, you know, being on the campaign trail. And I'm sure that's what a lot of, you know, your professors and uh, friends were referencing back then because that at the time was so new and, um, you know, so, so cool and kind of gave that behind the scenes to that, that sort of world. So that's so funny. That's, that's what we would learn. Exactly. That's like a, such a good example. That's like what my professors were teaching us at the time. And it's so funny because we had a class and I, I remember specifically, this was shortly after maybe this might've been my junior year. Cause I was pretty far into to, to the major by then, but, um, I had a professor and the class was, um, I can't remember what the class was, but I think it was in its transition phase, like social media was just taking hold and blogs were becoming popular. Mm -hmm. And so the professor was teaching basically social media and it was so new at this time. I don't even think I had Instagram then, Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the assignments for the class was to create a blog. And so we had to pair up, it was a group project and we had to pair up with other people in our class and we had to create this blog together. And I went to my professor and I said to my professor, I said, listen, I, I have a blog. I've been doing this for, you know, it was probably over a year now. Here's my blog, like, check it out. I said, I, I said to him, I don't know why I would create another blog because that would be in direct competition with my blog. And I said, so can I use my blog that I already have as the project? And basically he ended up saying no. And you know, I did the group project with these great other women and it, it all turned out fine. But I was a little bit peeved because I was like, wait a minute, I'm a little bit ahead of you here. <laughs> You're like, I should be teaching this. No. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, okay, so you started your blog then in college. And um, what was it like back then? Were you, you know, doing mirrors, selfie pictures? Were you doing more like mood boards? Like, tell me about, you know, starting your blog and what it looked like back then. It was, it was so, so different. I mean, it was probably night and day to to what it is now. Um, It was more of like a like a diary. So I would go on and say, you know, today I went to TJ Maxx and here's what I found at TJ Maxx. And, you know, then we had lunch at Panera and then, you know, here's the outfit I'm going to wear tonight to hang out um, with my sorority girlfriends, like kind of that kind of thing. And it was definitely mirror photos, but the, the photos were terrible because this was, I had like a the phone, I don't even think I had a Blackberry at that time I, because I didn't get that until later in college. So the the photos are just, you know, pixelated, horrendous. Um, but it, it was a really big community um, back then. Blogging was more like you commented on another blogger's blog and you guys like kind of connected through commenting on each other's blogs. Um, So I really felt there was more of like a community in that sense. And I think, you know, that's something that I miss from back in the day um, because I don't see that as much, um, you know, bloggers commenting on on each other's blogs anymore. And it was just a lot of connecting in in that sense, because in 2009, when I, when I launched my blog, I don't, I don't even think I had, Twitter. I don't think I had Instagram. I like I had no other social media, Facebook, I guess, but not a not a summer wind Facebook or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my main way to connect with other people. And it was really cool because we would be sharing different businesses, different small businesses, um, and that kind of thing. And I think it filled my creative cup while I was in yeah. college, you know, big time. And I think that's what made me stick with it throughout college because it was such a, um, it was a good way for me to get that creativity that I craved. No, it definitely sounds like that. And I do remember those days because that was the way you discovered, um, new blogs was, you know, you'd go on and comment on someone's blog and then they'd go over and click to, to yours. And, um, it, it definitely, it almost was a pre Instagram. Like I feel like now with algorithm, you know, who knows what's going on, but even (laughs) Instagram for a while, it's like, oh, well the algorithm favors, if you go and comment on a bunch of people and like a bunch of things, and then your content will get shown and you'll get new followers that way. And I feel like that kind of was how blogging was, you know, when it first started. 
Yeah, totally. Because I remember going into the comment section and saying, hmm, I'd love to read a new blog. And I, you'd go in and click on somebody that commented in, in that blog um, and you'd click over to their their blog. And it was it was kind of crazy because back then nobody was really doing this for money or for popularity or, you know, anything like that. I was literally just doing this because I thought it was I mean, I would have I would just call it a hobby. I was having fun with it. And it was um, interesting for me. Yeah. Okay. So then you keep blogging through college, right? Um, and then at that point, did you, once you graduate, did you go into a career, um, in something else or did you decide to go straight into blogging? So I went to, so I graduated in 2012 and I kept blogging, but I did it in the evenings after work. So I got a full-time job working for um, an event planner here in Pittsburgh. Um, It's a women-owned small business here in Pittsburgh. She's very well known. Um, She's very good at what she does. And she had a small staff and she basically took a chance on me when she hired me because I had absolutely no event planning um, background whatsoever. And I actually when I got the job, I didn't even know if I wanted to, to be an event planner, but I thought it was a really cool opportunity. And so she hired me and, um, I was there for a few years and I, in working in the event field, I learned, and I think it took me even until after I I left that job to realize like event planning just wasn't for me. I, I have so much work and it is so, um, taxing. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, it's a crazy, crazy industry and people that work in that industry, I have the utmost respect for them. Um, But I I realized it was, I wasn't passionate about it. Um, But within that few years that I worked for this event planning company, um, I knew that I wanted so to do social media, social media started to take more hold then um, 2012, 13, 14, that kind of thing. And I pitched to my boss that I wanted to start Instagram. Um, I wanted to start Twitter. I wanted to start a blog for the company. And so she was really great. And she let me kind of take charge with that. And so I was able to do like a wedding blog and then like they had a corporate events um, portion. And so a a corporate blog and um, did their Instagram and that kind of thing. And um, so I was really appreciative that she let me kind of take my knowledge and passion and run with it in that sense. That's awesome. And you're definitely right. I think event planning, I mean, that's something that I do with PR and just a little bit though, not full-time event planning. And it is very taxing on the body. Like you're literally moving lots of things around. Um, It's also, you know, it's almost like being an interior designer, I feel like is a hard job because it's so personal. You're going into someone's home and it's something they have to live with. And uh-huh. then I feel the same way about events. Normally events are for like weddings or celebrations. And that's also so personal. So there's so totally. many feelings and emotions wrapped into it. Um, totally. But it sounds like, you know, she was a great mentor and supporter in ways, which is wonderful. Oh, yeah. And she was a great businesswoman. I learned so much from her just being a small business owner. Um, You know, it was great to get that experience as my first job. It's not like I jumped into um, like a huge corporate setting in that sense. Um, But we worked with a lot of people in like the Pittsburgh community um, doing all of these things because we did both corporate and and weddings and things like that. So it was a great introduction to the Pittsburgh business world for me, too, which I, I really appreciated. Yep. So uh, tell me about then transitioning from, you know, working for someone to, to blogging full time. Like what was that, that transition like, like what, what was yeah. like the switch and the mindset switch then for that? So, so after the event planning job, I went to, um, I was still doing my blog at night. Um, and I actually, I think that was probably one of my biggest, um, hurdles with the event planning job because it was so many hours Mm. in the day and I was commuting an hour each way to the office. Um, it was, I would stay up until two o'clock in the morning, um, doing my blog, but I was really committed to my blog. I loved it. It was a passion thing for me. Um, still, and I was making a little bit of money at that point. Mm. And 
it was enough that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't being paid, you know, phenomenally at the event job. So this was supplementing my income hugely. And so it was, you know, starting to, to get me to notice like, oh, I should take this seriously. Um, but then I, I left the event planning job and I moved um, to working for a digital ad agency here in Pittsburgh. And I worked uh, for them for a while. My main client, my, my only client, I should say, was a health insurance company here in Pittsburgh. Um, and that was such a switch from going from like a small business in event planning and then going to a one it's one of the biggest employers in all of Pennsylvania um and so I was in a tall office building in downtown Pittsburgh and we had you know lunch breaks and we had you know people really only worked which this was like shocking to me is that people really only worked they were very like nine to five Mm. like in at nine left at five that kind of thing there was like there were actually very good boundaries um at the company. And um, so that's when I got my taste of like corporate America and work. I had a cube. I worked in a cubicle. Um, And so I did search engine optimization in the marketing department for this health insurance company. And so that's where I learned a ton. I had the most incredible boss ever. Um, He was so pro learning and he basically wanted us to learn as much as we could and, you know, do things and, and go to, go to, you know, seminars and things like that, where we could learn as much as possible. And he really let us be as creative as, I mean, you can be in, in health insurance, but, um, so he was great in, in that. And he had a lot of side projects himself that he was passionate about. And so he showed me what it looked like to manage, you know, a passion project as well as a full-time job in the corporate world and and that kind of thing. And so I think that was really hard for me to leave that job because I loved my boss so much. And I I think if you've ever had a boss that you love and and they make the job so much more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was hard for me to leave that situation, but I was earning great money at my blog and it was it, it was starting to drain on me, I think, um, going into work, doing my nine to five. And then, you know, from 5 p.m. to, you know, midnight, I would be doing all the blogging stuff. And so I think at, at finally I said, I think I need to do blogging full time. And I was living at home. And so I had very little risk in terms of, you know, if this doesn't work out, you know, I can go find another job. Um, I don't have a lot of bills to pay since I'm living at home. It was just very low risk. And so I felt, I pitched it to my parents. I said, this is what I think I'm going to do. And my parents are very traditional. They both, um, before my mom stayed at home with us, she worked in a corporate job. My dad worked in a corporate job his whole life. And so they were very um, supportive of what I wanted to do, but they were also like, you, you want to quit your job and do your blog? Like, uh, it was kind of like they thought I had two heads at one point. Um, but they were supportive about it and they agreed, you know, it's, it was low risk for me. I was still young. I was like mm-hmm. in my 20s and I figured why not? And so I just, I ended up leaving my um, marketing job and I, I haven't looked back since. And it's been honestly the best decision you know, one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I, I love what I do now. So that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, and that's so great that your parents, you know, even though it was different to them that they ha- were so supportive with it. Um, and it seems like they still are to this day. Yeah. They, they are so supportive. My mom, I always tell her <laughs> she's like a stage mom sometimes. And it's, and that's like, so not her normal personality, but if we go anywhere, like in a shop or something, my mom will be like, well, she has a blog and, and <laughs> she can share your things. And, and Sydney, let me get a picture of you here. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, like still at 32 years old, I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, I love you. But like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, So why don't you describe to anyone who doesn't follow you or read your blog yet, which they need to, um, what, what your blog is today? Like what, what can people find when they go to your blog or your Instagram? Yeah. So I would say it's, 
it's definitely um it's definitely a hodgepodge of things I don't um nothing's really off off limits but I kind of keep it I kind of stay in a lane where I share um my fashion and style some shopping finds and I stick to what I like. So I'm, I'm very much timeless classic style, some preppy influences thrown in there for sure. Um, I do a lot of product reviews, which have been um, very successful. So it's maybe it's like a tote bag or um, I did one on Chanel ballet flats. It's been really popular. Um, and I try to give really good thorough product reviews. Um, I do some travel guides and I do a lot of gift guides during the holiday season. I do skincare and makeup reviews, that kind of thing. And I, I like to do some entertaining things too, like tablescapes, um, hosting tips and, and things like that. A few cocktail recipes in between. I love your cocktail recipes too. They're super fun. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what's been one of your favorite opportunities that uh, you've received through you know this blogging world? So... I, this is going on 14 years of, of being in this industry, which is just crazy to say, because I don't feel old enough to have been doing something for 14 <laughs> years. So I, it's just like wild. But, I, you know, I honestly think every opportunity that I get is is special and, and, and in a different, unique way. But I honestly think that the coolest thing about blogging is connecting with other people and other women who have, you know, similar interests. And um, I, I think talking to people that I would never in a million years connect with otherwise, had I not been doing this, it's just really interesting to hear different people's perspectives, you know, people living in different states with different careers and, and things like that. And the people that are trusting me and in, in asking, you know, what should I wear to this? And what should I wear to that? it's, it's a special, um, it's a special opportunity that I don't take for granted. And I, I think that's one of my favorite parts of like day to day is just connecting with, with people. Definitely. Um, and I know like, I, I think you and Abby from Bell of the Ball who I've had on the podcast yes. are, you know, real life friends. So I'm sure oh, those, wonderful. you know, meeting people, but also those genuine relationships that, um, you get through it. Yes, exactly. And it's just, it's fun to be able to, you know, put a face to a name. Like the other day, um, somebody got, I, I shared these cufflinks that are custom. This Etsy seller makes custom dog cufflinks, yeah. which are so cool. And I had to get my husband them of our dog, Henry, and they are literally the coolest cufflinks. And I shared them on my blog. And a few weeks later, I get a, um, a message from a girl who bought them for her husband. She has two dogs. So one cufflink is of one dog and one is of the other. And she sent me photos of her dogs and the cufflinks. And she was like, these were such a huge hit. Like, thank you so much. And like, that just is, it makes me so happy. And it's like, it's so fulfilling to me. Certainly. Um, but I'm sure you've gotten to also work with some really amazing brands or go on cool trips. Are there any of those that, you know, stick out? Yes. Okay. So back, this was a long time ago, and I, I still think this is one of like the cooler things ever is head ski. So um, they make skis, but they also make like other sporting equipment. I'm a big skier. And um, so they sent me skis, boots, the bindings, the the um, the outfit, the whole nine yards. And I, I this was like I would say this was probably like six years ago. So this was like maybe maybe even longer than that. So this was like one of my first bigger opportunities, and I think I cried when I got the the invitation to this this collaboration. I was like, this is incredible. Like, wow, I can't believe they're trusting me in, you know, publicizing their brand. And I'm I'm such a fan of head and skiing. And it was just like an it was like an overwhelming feeling of like 
oh my gosh. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it, I, and that's one that always sticks in the back of my mind. And like people, people will say, what, what is like a big collaboration you've done? And I've done like over 13, 14 years, I've done so many really mm-hmm. cool ones, but that was the, that was like probably like the first one where I was like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. Um, and it's just, it's, it was like one of those core memories as people say. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I mean, and, you know, ski equipment's expensive, so. Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. And I so, still have the skis to this day, actually, and I, uh, I use them still. They're amazing. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Um, <laughs> so as an influencer, you know, you do a lot of marketing and, and social media. So I want to ask you, you know, what is the best form of marketing that you found? And then do you have any tips for um, growing, you know, a following or a readership? And I think what's interesting about you is um, so many influencers these days just have an Instagram and they don't have Mm -hmm. a blog that they're going to and writing. Um, So I love that, you know, you've stuck with that through all these years. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I. I, my blog is definitely my passion, but it's still in terms of like income, definitely a, a bread and butter for me. And it's just something that I've always wanted to keep up with. But, you know, when Instagram had that that outage, um, this was a while ago now, but I was so glad to have my blog as like my safe haven and my backup and, and you know, that kind of thing. And people know where to find me. Um should that social media kind of, you know, disappear. But I think, I think the sincerest form of marketing that I have no control over is the organic. And that's when people recommend me or share my profile on Instagram. Um, They email my blog link to their colleagues or their friends and that kind of thing. Um, but I think in terms of growing a following, like on Instagram, it, I think it is so hard right now with the algorithm and like all of the changes that they're constantly making. I found um, that posting reels has has been probably the biggest way that I've gained actual followers. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a sense of growing my uh, blog, I use SEO a lot in my blog. And like I said, that's what I did at my marketing job. So I'm pretty well versed in that. And so I create a lot of blog posts um, specifically for um, showing up in Google. So I have, for example, I have a, a post about, it's a it's a product review of, I got a Goyard bag many years ago in Paris. And so I did this whole big review on the Goyard bag and it is one of my most popular posts to this day because it's continuously showing up in, in Google. And so I really um, pay close attention to what people are searching for. And I kind of play that that um, Google algorithm game there. And so that helps me a lot in terms of traffic to my website. That's a great advice. And I don't think anyone has ever really talked too much about that. I feel like, um, you know, not many people know how to do SEO or it's like everyone knows of it, but they're like, but really, what is it? Or how do you do it? So I think, you know, what we can learn from that is even if you don't know how to, but I'm sure you can, um, you know, watch videos on it or even Google how to learn more about it, hiring someone to help with that. Um, because it, it, it is, you know, I want to say somewhat organic in the fact that it's going directly to your website, which you own. So whether you're a business owner, you're a blogger, um, SEO is something that's so important. Right. And it's, it's also helpful in terms of like when I make affiliate commission, um, if somebody, for example, I, if I like review a, a tote bag, let's say, and that person's probably Googling that tote bag because they want to purchase it. Mm-hmm. And so it also helps me to be that last click before they decide, okay, well, I'm going to purchase this or I'm, I'm not going to purchase this. But it helps me to, um, to get that affiliate commission too. So income-wise, um, the SEO is, is invaluable in that sense too. Yes, that, that's great advice. Um, okay, so you said one of your most popular posts was the Squared Bag um, review yes. and talking about that. What, um, what's your favorite thing to post about or blog about? Like what, what do you find an interest in right now, really? 
Yeah. So I like to do long form written posts. Um, I would say I really like to do like a shopping roundup. Like those are those are quicker and easier for me to produce. Um, and I think those are fun to like share the things that I've had my eye on and, and that kind of thing and really curate a good good list because I'm really choosy in what products I share and in the brands that I share and, and that kind of thing. But I think passion, like where my passion is, is I do these long form blog posts where I like just chat with people. Um, one in recent memory that I, I did is I was talking about social media actually and, and you know, how like how I view social media and how I conduct myself on social media. And I invited other people to kind of weigh in and I got some really thoughtful comments and it's, it's those deeper posts that I, I love to make. They just are so time consuming in terms of coming up with a topic and then writing and then editing and then, you know, getting imagery for whatever it is. Um, But that's, I love that kind of like deeper connection with other people. Um, It's just interesting. And it's amazing that people are giving me a voice to even say anything. So yeah, no, I could see, you know, those, especially you mentioned that you enjoy writing and kind of uh, changed your major to communications because of that and all. So I could see you enjoying, you know, the longer form posts more, um, but definitely more time consuming. Yes. Yes. It's fun for me, but they're not as often as I would like them to be. (laughs) Yeah. What? I'm curious what is a bestseller um, for you? I mean, I feel like the Goyard post obviously is a popular post, but not necessarily everyone's um, spending that much initially. So is what would yeah. you say is like a bestseller that you've posted about before? So I recently, I would say J. Crew. a lot of J. Crew pieces that I've shared. I'm a big J. Crew gal. I've always, mm-hmm. I always have been. Um, and I would say they have a coat called the Villa Coat right now. It's like this beautiful wool coat. I have it in red. Um, and it has like a stand up collar. Um, it's just a really beautiful coat and that has been really popular over the past few months. Um, which is, which is great. It's a, it's just a beautiful piece, but you know, I do, I have a lot of bestsellers within the similar brands month after month. So I, I like Tucker Nuck and J crew. Um, I like, anthropology I like um Draper James I like William Sonoma you know all these brands and they because I consistently post about them those are usually the brands that kind of do well for me Mm -hmm. Um, but that code is definitely one of the most popular items by far right now interesting that's so so cool to hear um so if you weren't blogging full-time what do you think you would do I dream about this all the time, not because I'm like desperate to leave blogging or anything like that, Um, but I love antique furniture. I I love it. And I have a lot of pieces in my house that are antiques and I love going into consignment stores and antique shops, you know, here in Pittsburgh or or whether we're traveling or or whatever. And I love sourcing pieces for our house. And I, and I just would love to own a curated shop where I could just go around the country and collect items and sell them in my antique shop. Um, which who knows if it would do well, because I don't, I don't know that, um, antiques are a huge market for like, you know, millennial aged people <laughs> right now um every time I go into an antique shop somebody always makes a comment if I buy something they're like wow you're like one of the youngest people that we have in our shop that's buying all these things and I I always try to get my friends and and my sister has completely different style than me I'm like you need to go to an antique shop it's just so <laughs> wonderful in there <laughs> I do love. We have a great antique mall here and I just it's like the hunt of it too, you know. Yes. Oh, it, it's the most fun. And then when you find something and it's a great price too, it it's just <laughs> there's nothing better. I love that. I I could totally see you. Um and I feel like it's a very Nancy Myers movie if you had an <laughs> antique store. Music to my ears. I love it. <laughs> Um, you should listen to the episode with Hibiscus House. I interviewed her and, you know, uh-huh. obviously she paints all of um, the furniture and ships it all over the country, yeah. but um, somewhat similar in that. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a dream. (laughs) So who would be your dream to collaborate with? Someone maybe that you haven't yet, but um, you know, it's a dream of yours. Yes. I would love to collaborate with Ralph Lauren. I've never collaborated with the brand before and it's just, it's such a classic preppy, you know, staple in my life since I was like born, basically my parents dressed me in it as a, as a child and I wear it continuously and my husband wears it and my whole family does. And I just, it would be such a cool experience, you know, to work with them. And then I actually put kind of an oddball one and I said Taco Bell because <laughs> I, it's very off brand for me. And I, I, I kind of realized that, but <laughs> I live for Taco Bell and I tag them a lot, like on Instagram and I would just die to have a partnership with Taco Bell. I, I love their food. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So First of all, I'm shocked that you haven't collaborated with Ralph Lauren. I feel like it's so you. So um, (laughs) that shocks me. And then second of all, I'm going to say something that shocks you. I have never had Taco Bell in my life. What? (laughs) I don't know why. It's like one of my random weird facts that shocks all of my friends all the time. But it's like, we don't need that much fast food. Like I feel like Chick-fil-A is our go-to fast food place if we're getting fast food. And for some reason, it just never come up. I've just never had the opportunity, I feel like, to get Taco Bell. Well, listen, when I get my partnership with Taco Bell one day, (laughs) you can be part of it and we will have you taste Taco Bell for the first time. It's phenomenal. I'm telling you, it it really is. It's worth every calorie. It's just, it's amazing. And what's, what's funny is I, my husband now laughs at me is like when we bring the Taco Bell home and eat it at home, like I'll put it on like a nice plate and it's just like, (laughs) It's hysterical, but I it it's my favorite. Oh my gosh! Okay, so when I go, what should I order? What's your go-to? Um, the Crunchwrap Supreme is my number one favorite. Uh, I'm a cheesy gordita crunch girl as well, but I've been really into the um. It's like it's a new one. I think it's called like a beefy burrito or something like that. It's just it's very new, and I've been really liking that too. Yeah. You really can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they intrigued me one time they were doing like nacho fries and I was like, okay, I'm intrigued by that because I love fries. But (laughs) Um, okay. Uh, On a completely different note, uh, (laughs) I always ask everyone, what does preppy mean to you? Since this is the preppy podcast, I of course have to ask everyone, um, how would you describe preppy? I, I, this is a fun question. I love like preppy everything and I would say like the preppy handbook to me is like like the bible of preppy um by Lisa Birnbach and so in her handbook she has a lot of like examples of preppy and I really like that like 80s preppy where you have like the yellow bean totes the bean boots oxford cloth button downs and colored chinos and um, Weijin loafers and and like that true classic old school preppy and like the heritage brands like Brooks Brothers and L.L. Bean and and that kind of thing. I just I love that. Definitely, that's a great answer. Um, now, do you have one of the L.L. Bean um, totes that kind of went viral the past couple of months where you have something quirky written on it? I do not. I have yeah. a, I have quite a few L.L. Bean totes, but I do not have. A, uh, a what do they call it ironic ironic yes yes, yes. that's it ironic saying on my tote bags no but I'm definitely interested in that because I think that's so fun and so just like so random like I could get one that says Taco Bell and like you, should. you know I should just carry it around <laughs> oh my gosh I know I don't have one yet because I don't know what I want to put on it but my husband said I should put ranch dressing or something <laughs> like that <laughs> I love it I love it it's they're all so funny and so random and I think that's like it it's funny to bring that like little bit of humor into like your everyday fashion I love it I'm yes it. it's it's preppy with a twist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I know you do a good bit of traveling and um, you were just in Europe even a few months ago and in Savannah mm-hmm. recently. Uh, so where are some of your favorite places to travel? Like top three. I would say, okay, so top three. So overall, I have to say that like 
I'm a big, I love the South. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school in Virginia, which I, some people say like, oh, that's not like super South. <laughs> but to me, for this Pittsburgh born and raised girl, like that was very South, you yeah. know, for me. Um, but I really love Charleston. I think that's probably like in the country, like that's probably one of my top places to visit where we'll be going actually in the spring. Um, and I just, it's beautiful there. And I, and it was similar to Savannah, you know, I think they had similar vibes, but it's such a beautiful place. I would say Napa, um, in California, one of the prettiest places, um, in the country and then probably Italy, um, because it's just, I mean, I don't think anyone could dislike Italy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I love, like anywhere in the South, that's where I love to visit, especially in the Pittsburgh winter when it's just awful. <laughs> yeah. No, we, I feel like are the girls you with a Southern, uh, a Southern aesthetic or a Southern calling. <laughs> yes. And like when you're sitting there in March and it's snowing in in Pennsylvania yes. and you see the Southern people that you follow on Instagram and they're in their dresses and you're just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So speaking of Instagram, um, what are like three favorite accounts that you like to follow, whether it's fellow influencers or, you know, maybe just more inspirational or, or businesses? What are your yeah. three favorites I- right now? Um, Stacy Flinner. I don't know if you follow her. She is a New England gal and she has the most beautiful taste ever. Her photography is stunning. Um, I would recommend everyone follow her. She's like, it's just such a delight when I see her pop up, um, in my feed. And then another one that I would suggest for people to follow is, um, I met Maggie in, a few years ago, actually randomly on the streets of New York City. And she is an orthodontist and she runs Law Orthodontics on um, Instagram. She's out of Alabama and I know nothing about orthodontia, but I follow (laughs) her because she is such a good example of of someone that has – an unusual business to be on social media. You know, I think like how, how do orthodontists um, market their business on social media? And she is doing such a good job of using um, her brand and her business on social media. So I love when I see her pop up in my feed, I feel like I'm learning a lot um, in how she uses social media um, outside of like the brands that I normally follow. Um, So it's really interesting to follow her. Um, and then probably, probably like Tucker Nuck. It's my, one of my favorite brands. I love everything that they curate and I love their, their, um, in-house brand. And I think, um, their, you know, graphics are beautiful and right up my alley. So I love to follow them. That's, those are all great answers. And I'm definitely going to check out, um, this orthodontist cause now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, she has the most beautiful branding. And I mean, I, I, I went to the ortho orthodontist like many years ago and so my orthodontist was like an older bald man and he had no brand label or anything and he you know I don't even remember what what he was called but I promise you you'll remember her with her branding and Mm -hmm. and her just sunny disposition and she really is very well educated and shares like um 3d like images of the mouth and things like that it's really fascinating yeah um where do you go for business advice? Um, like, is there somewhere you can recommend people checking out? So I get a lot of it, you know, from family and friends. I'm I'm lucky to have quite a few uncles and, and aunts who have been really great um, business people. And so I, I do get a lot of advice um, from them. But I, I look at if I ever need a boost in my day, I always go to Pinterest and this is like kind of random, but I always look up quotes to kind of give me perspective. And I, I pulled one and it's um, from Albert Einstein and it says, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And I think it's such a good quote because it reminds us, um, you know, I've been doing this blogging and influencing thing for 13, 14 years now. And you just you always have something more to learn and it could be from anyone. Um, Like you could learn from, you know, your neighbor down the street or whatever. So I think it's just keeping your mind open and connecting with anyone um, 
that you come across. I think that's like the best business advice because you never know what when your next opportunity is going to come from from who knows where. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's just like a really, really something that like I strive for every day. I look for a quote and I kind of try to like manifest it. I like that. That's great advice. Uh, what is next for you? Are you working on anything fun or anything like sneak peeks? I know you mentioned Charleston, you're going to be visiting in the spring, anything else? Yeah. So I, I'm hoping my website's going to get, um, a facelift this year. Um, I think I'm going to try and switch, um, summer wind to my name. So I got married last year. I was kind of waiting until my name changed and I could like kind of formulate all of that. And so I think we might be moving away from the summer wind and then moving to Sydney Carver Snyder. Um, it's kind of just in the the brainstorming stages right now. Um, but I hope to have something to show for that, hopefully by maybe the end of this year. That's super exciting. I um, will, when this will air, my new branding will be out by then. But I, since I just got married in September too, I'm like, yes, you know, you gotta, gotta do it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it took me, you know, it took me a while. I'm sure it's still fresh for you to to see your new name and like connect with it mentally. Like, oh, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And I do go to a lot of like networking events all the time for work and where you have to introduce yourself and in front of the room. And I always have like, wait, Patricia Olson, not Patricia Marish. Like, Yes. Yes, exactly. And so I'm like ready to fully like make the switch now. I'm like, okay, like summer winds due for an update anyway. Like let's, let's do that. So hopefully um, 2023 is the year for that. Awesome. Okay. So my final question is, um, where can people find you at least for right now? Uh, what is your blog URL, um, your Instagram handle and anywhere else where you want people to check you out? So my blog is summerwindblog.com. My Instagram is summerwind41490. And um, that's pretty much everywhere else too. I do have a TikTok that I'm playing around with. It's Sydney E. Carver. Um, and, and I use the word playing around with very true to, to itself. <laughs> um, just having having fun over there trying to figure it out as a, as a older millennial. So, <laughs> but it's been fun. Excellent. And your LTK on there, are you Summer Wind? Yes, Summer Wind 41490. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sydney. This was a blast learning more about you and how you got started and what you're doing today. Thank you so much, Patricia. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 